stoked to welcome back Kevin McMullen for the latest episode of Get Wise College Admissions Explained. Those of you who have been listening from the start will remember Kevin from episode one, There Is No Magic Formula. Today, we're tackling another fundamental truth. You don't need a title to be a leader. And knowing Kevin as I do, he's going to drop some real gems on us. If this is your first episode, I'm a bit biased, but it's definitely worth going back and listening to the other truths. Next week, we'll switch away from fundamental truths and go with a totally different format, rapid fire myth destruction. We've pulled all the councils at CollegeWise and collected the most common myths about admissions. We'll go through the top picks so you can join us in calling out BS when you hear it. With that, let's dive in with Kevin. Kevin, welcome back. You're the first uh, guest doing a second round here. I'm, 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 I'm repeating. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I love it. Yeah, no, uh, you are our inaugural guest on uh, Get Wise, and uh, things have been picking up as we go here. And we're talking about a a topic today. Um, you don't need a title to be a leader, which I think is something completely in your wheelhouse. Um, and I'm excited to uh, be able to share all the amazing things you know about. Uh, I've been a titleless leader for some time, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's one of these things, you know, having been on the admission side, um, if I had a pet peeve about reviewing applications, it was seeing those kids who senior year on their applications all of a sudden were the president and founder of the anime club, the contemporary dance club and the sonnet society. And it was no explanation about what any of that was, right? There's something about the fall, right? It just, it inspires people to start new things right before college applications. Yeah, exactly. And it was, you know, I I mean, oftentimes these were kids who were just finding their footing. So they wanted to kind of, you know, start making something happen. But at the same time, you were left a little bit cynical as to like, what does this really uh, mean? So you've been doing this, you know, for a while now, Kevin. We know this idea of titles is something that a lot of high school students um, hold on to. How, how did you used to advise kids to not think about just that, you know, the name that they're going to put on the app? Well, I always like to talk about what is the story after you get the title? You know, and so you, you would hear kids say things like, uh, I don't really have any leadership. So, yeah, I'm going to go start that club or um, I just got elected, uh, you know, secretary of the senior class. So uh, now I'll be able to put that down on my application as some leadership. But really, I mean, the, the, the title is just sort of the start of that story. And it's I mean, think about it. You know, if you were sitting down and getting to know someone and you told them, I'm the treasurer of, of the student body at my school, they'd likely say, oh, that's great. Tell me about that. They'd want to know, what have you been doing? What's that been right. like? What kind of impact have you made? And so the, it's just, it's not enough to just have the title. Well, Kevin, you know, as we talk to students and parents at CollegeWise about this idea of leadership or leadership experience, how do you kind of see parents and students tending to think about this topic? Well, I mean, I should say we were poking a little fun at the students that would submit applications that, that, you know, where they're founding something into senior year just to be able to put it on their college application. But from a little more, you know, uh, a little more giving standpoint here, let's look at this from the the high school student and frankly, the parents perspective. 
think of how many colleges websites you go to where they talk about how they're looking for the next generation of leaders to come join their campus. Uh, think of how coveted formal leadership positions are in high school. How many people want to be captain of the basketball team, president of the senior class? Uh, you know, they, they want to hold those positions. Think about um, like all these programs that students can pay to attend during the summer that actually uh, you know, reach out to them and say, hey, these are four leaders in high school. You've been recognized right. for your leadership abilities or, you know, we're going to teach you how to be even better, better leaders. You know, these really send two powerful messages to, to students. One is that leadership is a valuable trait that's borderline a prerequisite to getting into college. Um, and two, that the best way to demonstrate this is by holding a formal leadership position that you can list on a college application. So I think it's pretty unfair to expect a 17-year-old college applicant to read between the lines and see that that's a pretty narrow view of, of leadership. Um, right. So I don't fault the students there. I think it's just one of many parts of the process that have become so complex and so confusing and why we're addressing it as uh, one of the universal truths today on, on this podcast. Right. Well, and I think you were telling me earlier, um, you were listening, you were reading about a number of admissions leaders, and they even had different views of what leadership is. Yeah. You know, there's a, a, a school counselor that does a lot of writing uh, in the press. Uh, Brennan Bernard is his name. We're huge fans of his. And if you Google this title, or I'm sure, you know, we'll put it in the show notes, um, it's Take Me to Your Leaders what college admissions deans are looking for. The entire article is about this notion of leadership and how it's gotten very confused in college admissions. And he asks like 25 deans from selective colleges, tell us what leadership means to you. There are no two answers that are alike. They're all true, but they talk about you know, a student who is willing to take some element of risk for something that they believe in, a student who can rally others, a student who can create positive change on campus. All of those things are true. So, but I think if you read that article, it will likely do one of two things if you're a student. I hope it does the second one. The, the first is it could totally confuse you and make you think that you have now even less of an idea of what leadership really is, or right. it could open up your eyes and make you say, oh, there are actually a lot of different things I could be doing or that I already am doing that actually qualify as leadership. And I should be proud of those and I should be clear about them on my application when I apply. Right. Well, and, and what is one of the ways, um, you know, you were one of the original authors of our, um, you know, guide to the common application. And, you know, there are a lot of ways in which students tend to think of leadership as something where they're just kind of checking the box, right? Mm -hmm. Would you be able to share, we probably have some parents who have younger students and haven't gotten to the point where they're linking this idea of leadership to specific activities. Can you share some of the examples of like what this check the box mentality might look like in, in practice? Yeah. I, I mean, I think it really shows up prominently in three ways. And we've We've mentioned all of them a little bit already, but one is just any version of holding a formal leadership position, just getting it, just getting the position. I got elected to do this. I got named to hold this role. And they sort of feel like that's where the story starts and ends. I have leadership experience now. Um, the second way is starting things, you know, founding a club, um, uh, you know, starting a fundraiser, founding a nonprofit. There's a lot of students, by the way, now that are listing on applications. I founded a nonprofit, but with no real explanation of, of what that sounds great in theory. But what what actually is that? What did you do? Um, or they're paying to attend programs that 
claim to be designed for leaders. And I mean, I think I should be clear. None of those things are inherently bad. Those aren't wrong approaches. They can be the starts of wonderful leadership experiences. But your story of leadership that begins and ends with that statement um, that you held this position or founded this club or attended this program, that's not a very compelling story by itself. And it by itself is not evidence of real leadership. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that was something that always struck me when I would review applications is to see someone who founded something during senior year. It kind of always felt like this momentary blip. If they didn't articulate how this might continue on in the years after they've left the school, if they haven't created some sort of legacy with it, it sounded a lot less impactful than some kids who maybe didn't create something or found something, but were finding other ways to, um, you know, um, make an impact. Um, so... What are some of these pitfalls that um, students who rely on these kind of traditional, um, you know, positions of leadership, being, you know, captain of the football team or president of the class, how how come, obviously, unto themselves, that's amazing, right? Um, that it's, it's great that you can be recognized by your peers, the adults around you as like, hey, this is someone who should hold that. Um, but where can this go slightly wrong? Um, I think there's two major pitfalls. Uh, the first is if you're subscribing to that notion that simply securing the elected office or being named to some sort of formal leadership position is by itself evidence of leadership, then you're missing out on a great opportunity to actually do the leadership after that. Because real leadership doesn't mean just going to the club meetings every week and asking people for their updates or, uh, you know, being real leadership as the captain of a team doesn't mean just calling heads or tails at the beginning of the game. Or if you're the treasurer, just giving the treasurer's update when it's your turn at the weekly meeting, real leadership means leaning into situations within those involvements where there is no roadmap um, and figuring out how to change things for the better. And most importantly, getting other people to follow you. So, you know, th these students obviously have some sort of potential to lead when they get elected or placed into those positions. Start leading after you do it. Recognize that it doesn't stop. So that, that that's, that's pitfall number one. And pitfall number two is that there are only so many of those formal leadership positions to go around. So right. if you wait to start leading until you hold one of those, or worse, if you believe that you lack the ability to lead just because someone hasn't picked you to lead, that's a huge disservice to yourself, and it's a giant missed opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I definitely want to come back to that point of getting others to follow you, which is completely decoupled from the idea of having um, a title. And I, I want to make sure we explore that uh, a little bit more. So, how do you how do you encourage a kid to avoid becoming, you know, one of these kind of cliches of like, well, I'm the president. Obviously, that means something. But here we're telling students, hey, it means a little bit less just having that title. How does a kid avoid falling into that into that trap? Well, I guess I would encourage anybody, and this is true. I mean, I think it's true for adults, but I, we're focusing on the high school students here. And this is whether or not you're holding some sort of formal leadership position. I, I would define leadership as really being two things. Um, the first is that you see a change you believe is worth making. It could be an improvement to something, fixing something that's broken, uh, any sort of positive change. And it has to be a change that's not going to happen on its own, that you can't just wait around for it to happen. And the second part is um, you have to rally other people to follow you in your effort to make that change. 
Um, and there's, I'm sure we'll get into this too. There's lots of positive things you can do in high school that colleges will appreciate that don't require anybody to follow you. But if you're doing it by yourself, it's not leadership. Leadership mm -hmm. means it has to impact other people. People have to be following you. They have to look to you as you're the one who stood up and took responsibility for this. And, and I found that vision compelling enough that I jumped in and joined you. And yeah. so I think to, to avoid those cliches, students need to really think about, okay, you wanted to run for you know president of the senior class. Is it just so you can put it on your application? Or do you see an opportunity to really make things better for the senior class? And if you do, what is that opportunity? What is the change you're going to make? How are you going to get the rest of the class to follow you? What's it going to look like if and when you make that change? Why is that better for the people that you represent? That's where the real leadership is. And that's where you move away from the cliche. Right. And I, and I want to dig in more on that. But before we uh, go further along that line, I want to talk a little bit more about how does a kid even tell this story in, in the applications? Because some students are hearing you and they're like, okay, I have this title and I'm legit transforming things. Um, how are you encouraging them to talk about this? Well, I think they have to do two things. I think first, and you and I talk with students all the time about this, you have to look at your application as each portion of an application gives you an opportunity to tell one part of your story. So, you know, obviously your, your transcript and your test scores and your list of, you know, activities and awards, uh, which might include some leadership positions, that tells one part of your story. But you've also got letters of recommendation from teachers can tell another part of your story. Your, your counselor letter of rec can tell part of your story. Your essays are a huge opportunity to tell part of your story. So as you look over your high school career and if, if you feel like you have really shown evidence of real leadership that meets the the definition I just shared. Well, share those. Make sure that that's prominent in your application. And when you tell those stories, focus on the change you endeavored to make and the people who followed you in trying to make it. And I should say right now, by the way, that even if you didn't successfully make the change, it doesn't mean it's not worth sharing. That can be part of what you talk about. About absolutely, you know, that everyone believed in it, and we all tried to do this, and ultimately we just didn't make it happen. You know, but but yep. here's what I learned, and a college will always appreciate that if you're still the person who raised your hand and said, "I see some place we should go. No one's ever been there before. I'm not totally sure how to get there, but I'll take responsibility. Who's with me?" There's just always going to be room for kids like that on college campuses. Right. And I think about so many of the essays I would read from students who were, you know, class president, for example, which, again, that's a big deal, right? That's an accomplishment. But they end up focusing most of their time on just kind of mundane formalities of, of the position or on um, how they received it. So they'll often talk about their presidential campaign to get there. And right. then there's very little substance as to, OK, once you held that title, what did you do to impact, you know, others, your community? And sometimes that's where it can become so powerful. It might be some small little project, but boy, you really changed the way um, kids at your school were able to engage with the homecoming dance or with, you right. know, some sort of community service project um, that, you know, perhaps the previous administration um, didn't do. But of course, the essays is it's one of these places kids there can be a tendency Rather than focusing on the why, they get kind of trapped in the in the what and the hows. And, you know, rather I'd rather see them dig in right. on, you know, what even moved them to run for right. that position. Oh, exactly. And, and students tend to be much better at that um, when describing activities that 
they don't necessarily see as having been leadership. Like most students wouldn't say that's what made me a great softball player. We, well, okay. What was it? What was it? Your batting average? Was it your fielding percent? Like, what did you do that made you the great? No, no kid would say, uh, you know, I was, um, I, I was, uh, I was one of the, you know, the better actors in the school play. You, you'd have to define that. Is it because you got this role? Is it because you captured this role? Did you become the character? Did you get a standing ovation? What happened? Um, but yet, within the leadership. Um, descriptions and this is this is uh, I don't want to make your eyes roll because here come the cliches right there's really <laughs> two prominent versions one is they say it taught me valuable leadership lessons mm-hmm. without actually defining what the lessons were or doing this thing or holding this title demonstrates my leadership skill yeah but without actually talking about and this is what I did while I was doing those if you can just avoid those two phrases I would say you're you're halfway home to avoiding the leadership cliche on your college application yeah absolutely well and I think this might help our listeners get a greater sense of it you mentioned earlier about this idea of having a vision getting people to kind of join you um what does non-traditional leadership can you can you share a little bit more about this idea examples of what it might look like for a high school student uh, I have a couple great examples that I, I just sort of favorites of mine. Um, one is a kid named Dave Hustleby. And I'm going to share this kid's name because, yeah, great name, right? I mean, it's just born to be a leader yeah, with a exactly. name like Dave Hustleby, right? right. Need he say more? Um, I know about Dave Hustleby, even though I've never met him, because he was written up um, in a local paper that got shared uh, among a lot of our circles. Uh, Dave Hustleby was a junior um, at a high school in Westchester, New York. Uh, and he brought five identical Hawaiian shirts with him to school on school picture day and got over 60 members of the senior class to wear these shirts. I, I said he was a junior. I think actually he was probably a senior. He got 60 members of the senior class to wear these shirts in their school pictures. And he also got several faculty members to wear these shirts in the pictures <laughs> that were in the yearbook that year. So there were like 80 people in the yearbook wearing these bright yellow Hawaiian shirt pictures. And his principal actually had a quote in the paper that talked about what she loved so much about what Dave had done is that this wasn't just a goofy prank. He got all these people to do something. People care a lot about how they look in their school pictures, right? right? But he somehow got 60 students to do this thing. He got teachers and faculty to do this thing. And the principal said, Dave represented what we're most proud of in our student and faculty community here is that this is a passionate group and, you know, we like to do things together and we like to try to take education seriously, but take our day to day experience with a dose of fun. And I'm and she she used the phrase, I am really proud of Dave. Now, I can imagine some people listening that might say, well, so what? I mean, he didn't cure any diseases. He didn't feed hungry people. He didn't do. and, And that's absolutely true. The, the world didn't necessarily, you know, the, the greater world didn't necessarily become a better place because of what Dave Hustleby did that day. But, you know, he certainly made it a pretty great day for everyone that day. He brought teachers and faculty and students together around this common thing, and he did it all without a title or a position or anyone asking him to. Yeah. So I think that's a great example of non-traditional leadership that he could share in a college application. Right. Well, and I, you know, viewing it through the lens of former application, you know, reader, 
you get excited about that kind of kid. You get excited about that kind of story. For sure, right? Because yeah. who wouldn't want that kid living right. in the dorms, right? Like, yep. what is he going to do when we bring him here? And if all yep. he does for four years is get people to wear Hawaiian shirts, we're probably going to be disappointed, right? But that is, <laughs> but that kid has something to say. Like when he talks about his leadership skills, yeah. and somebody says, "Oh, well, give me an example." Okay, I got sixty students and a bunch of our faculty members to wear Hawaiian shirts in our school pictures, and it became this bonding thing. That's a very real thing. Yeah. Do we have and room for one more example? By the well, way, Can I we share do, yeah. we do, and at some point, I. Kevin, you've once shared that metaphor of the bus and the journey, and I'd love for you to share that at some at some point about leadership. We've had that conversation before. It doesn't have to be at this moment, but you can share the other. Uh, I'd be happy to share. I, I yeah. mean, I stole it from a book, so ah. I'll, I'll give proper credit. But yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, is this the time? Yeah, it's it's the uh, uh, Stanford business professor uh, Jim Collins did a big study on uh, what makes iconic businesses great. Uh, he actually did two books uh, called Good to Great and Built to Last. Those are the two books, and uh, both on my bookshelf behind yeah, me. Yeah, both right on here. the bookshelf, right? Yeah. Um, and and he also he also wrote a book about. I mean, one of those books, The Built to Last, is about the leaders in those companies. What did they do, and what traits did they share? And one of them was that they got the right people on the bus, which means that we can't go where we're trying to go if we don't have people here who want to go where we're trying to go. They have to buy into this vision. They have to want to be here. We have to be in this together. And so uh, I think there's versions of that, um, you know, even in the smallest organizations in high school. You don't have to be running a, a Fortune 500 company. Right. You've got to get people into this organization or on this team or part of this fundraiser or what, who, who want to be there and who say, like, yeah, I'm excited. I'm here by choice and I, I understand what you're trying to do and I want to be part of it. And that's what real leadership is. Yeah, no, which which I love because again, at no no point is he talking about like the title you hold being essential to getting people right on the bus and and riding along with you. You mentioned you had another um, example. Well, it, it's from my own high school years, but uh, so I hope it holds up. Um, if it doesn't, and if you know the, the students listening to this shake their heads and say, "I don't understand what he's talking about," like the, you mean you did this live? There was no online, there was no texting, there was no yes, this was all real uh, people doing things. Um, <laughs> The uh, Arun, you undoubtedly remember Sizzler. Is that even a place anymore? Does Sizzler even exist anymore as a restaurant? I don't know I, if it I does. I feel like I see yeah. it occasionally. Occasionally, but right? I definitely am not eating there. Uh, no. Me neither. Yeah. Um, and I didn't even in high school. But but right. Sizzler had a um, a promotion for a while in high school. And for those of you listening who aren't familiar, it's a uh, Sizzler was sort of a it, it was a steak joint. Um, not particularly great food, but um, when I was in high school, they ran a promotion. It was steak and all you can eat shrimp. Where for you know twelve dollars they give you a, a steak and just continue to bring deep fried breaded shrimp to you as much as you <laughs> wanted to eat. So clearly there were a lot of heart attacks that, that yeah. Sizzler was producing there. Well, an industrial junior at my high school said, "Hey, we've been talking a lot in our junior class about fundraising. I have an idea." He did not have an office. His idea was to do the shrimpathon, and they got people, individual juniors, got people to sponsor them. Not for how many candy bars they could sell or how many times they could run around the bases on the baseball field. It was for how many shrimp could they eat. And mm -hmm. so members of the junior class went to Sizzler one night. Each of them ordered steak and all-you-can-eat shrimp and then kept count of how many shrimp they could eat. Um, two football players successfully ate over 100 shrimp that night. <laughs> wow. um, neither of them were at school the next day, yeah. so I don't recommend this. Um, 
but they made something like $6,000 for the senior class um, just by this one student who said, hey, here's something we could try. And he didn't just say that and then not do anything with it. I mean, Arun, you were also in a fraternity, right? I was in a fraternity. Right. There was always the idea guy that said, you know what we need to do that would say, but then never was volunteering to do any of the sure. actual work. Sure. That's not leadership. So, um, and I'll, I'll, you know, this story, uh, I think, gets punctuated with that same junior went on to UCLA, majored in history, went on to medical school, and today he is a successful ER physician in Los Angeles. So, but, you know, I look back on that time and that experience and i remember seeing him do this and saying you know this is a person that no one elected to do anything but the people who'd been elected weren't raising any money and the junior class needed it and he just said hey what about this i'll do the work anybody think it's a good idea and it worked he made a ton of money for the class it's a great story for him that's amazing well there's also perfect symmetry all all you can eat shrimp surely leads to the emergency room so it absolutely like that's uh, true i didn't even think about he's that he's doing he was, his uh he was <laughs> doing his duty right now he was um, prepping his future patients to yeah. come see him yeah <laughs> well I, you know i think of a student um i worked with a few years ago who was um at a school that had a wonderful library in terms of it being a physical space but no one utilized it and they had a bit of an open campus policy so a lot of students would kind of sit outside um but he was close to the school librarian and always felt a little bit bad that no one took advantage of the space and and based on his own reading him and his buddy took it upon themselves to kind of physically restructure how the seating in the library he kind of went out and learned design principles watched tedx videos of people talking about like social emotional learning and got the buy-in of the school librarian other leaders um at the school and restructured the library and something like, and then actually measured, you know, based on the swipes, how many more kids started using the library and how many more hours they spent in it. No title. Right. And, but that to me is such a powerful idea of like recognizing a need within this community and making an impact. A college will take that kid, by the way, he's at Harvard. So a very good college took that kid. I don't know that he held any formal, you know, uh, leadership yeah. titles, but that is a kid looking to make impact over and over in small ways, um, yeah. small in terms of title, but huge yeah. in terms of the way of transforming um, that school Absolutely. community in a very permanent, um, uh, uh, there's a legacy here. He can go back in 10 years, visit that school, and they're going to still see that reconfigured um, library, which I yeah. Yeah. kind of uh, love. Well, and- it's, it's such a great example of, I know you talk a lot about, um, you know, with students, think globally, but act locally. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes I know you're talking about it in terms of community service, but, you know, locally can mean just look around, look around your neighborhood, look around, you know, the club that you're in at school, your classroom, look around your own family. You know, is there something that needs to happen that's not happening already? Um, you know, if you were someone who said, look, I identified that um, my parents were both working really hard um, and I have younger siblings. And I, re- in fact, I worked with a student years ago who talked about how um, her favorite way to help out her family was she would take her younger siblings. because She had siblings who were much younger, who were uh, in elementary school when she was in high school. She would take them to the grocery store and do the grocery shopping for the family, but she would cut all the coupons ahead of time. And, and she said, like, this was something she went to her parents and said, hey, like, I actually really like the grocery store. The first line of her essay was, 
I am happiest when I'm in aisle five combing through my coupons <laughs> to find, you know, the pancake mix that I can buy two for two dollars. Yep. She went to her parents and said, I, you know, hey, I think I could do this. I think I could really help out if you guys would let me. Now, you know, I, it's exactly the kind of example that when we share in front of audiences, when we're invited to talk about things like this, where there aren't a lot of people that find it compelling because they think, well, that that's not really that good. I need to go do something more impressive. But, you know, that's actually very good in terms of like measuring um, how you think about the people around you and your, your willingness to contribute that I really can't think of a college admissions officer that wouldn't read a story like that and say, what a thoughtful, mature kid and a positive contribution to make to her family. What might she do when we put her in a dorm? when she joins clubs and she's willing to say hey i see something that needs to get done i'm willing to do it anybody want to come with me um and the way that she provided food and child care for her parents i mean those of us i've got kids those of us who have kids i I would take any high school kids help that wanted to do that for me Uh, (laughs) right and i'd admit them into any college yeah no i I mean even if we if we look at this specific moment you know here in the corona times we're hearing lots of wonderful stories um about high school students about these teenagers stepping up at their own communities and what's so wild about it is there was no there's no covid club there's no advisor to the you know uh you know corona society there's no one who's going to write a letter of recommendation on behalf yet we i'm not the president of the corona task force at my school exactly (laughs) yet we see these teenagers showing up time and time again in their you know, neighborhoods and their school communities organizing, you know, food drives, you know, providing resources, tutoring, you know, um, resources to kids in the community and no title. Right. But there's yeah. no yeah. college admissions officer who doesn't step back and go, wow, I want yeah. that kid. You know, absolutely. Or there's a great phrase by, that I, I'm stealing uh, lead from the bench, which I know, Arun, you're a soccer fan. Yep. Unquestionably, the greatest American soccer player in the history of American soccer is Abby Wambach. There's nobody yes. close. To Good. Abby I was Wambach. worried you were going to say Alexei yeah. Lawless, but yes, no, of course, I'm not. totally Come down on. with do, Abby. Do, yep. do you respect me at all? Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, no, but but you know, Abby Wambach was this iconic U.S. soccer player. But in her final World Cup, she was kind of aging out of the team and had been brought in more to be an influencer on the team than an actual starter. It was the first time in her life. When she and I know this because she gave a a a, a, a graduation speech and I forget which college it was, um, but uh, you can Google this and find it. And she talked about this and she said, "My final World Cup. It was the first time in my entire life as a soccer player that I was not a starter, mm-hmm. where I was on the bench. But I took it upon myself to be the loudest voice to get behind all of my teammates. To that uh, when they were, um, you know, their confidence was looking shaky, I would be the one that would pull them aside." I would find everything I could do to be an influence. And the coach was really you know, lauding her leadership skill when she wasn't even on the field. And that's the question she Amazing. asks of all the graduates when she gives this speech is the real test of you as a leader is can you lead from the bench? And like these examples that we're sharing here are examples of no one gifted you this title but you know, or, or this opportunity you just said, this is something that needs to get done. This is someplace I can help. 
I'm going to step up and do that. And that is the definition wow. of leadership. Yeah, that's amazing. I hope Carly Lloyd hears that before next summer's Olympics. But <laughs> right. anyways, that, that that's, that's no offense to any fans of Carly Lloyd or yeah. any of the other <laughs> She's many great. many great <laughs> soccer players in U.S. soccer. But I doubt that any real fan would be mad at me for no. calling Abby Wambach the greatest one. No, no, not not to me. It's not in dispute. But um, well, you know, and again, it's like these kind of you know from the bench, right? Admissions officers are reading. You know, they're reading these files, they're looking at the stories, and they're really not fixated on the titles. In fact, the minute you have a title, you're going to have to offer some sort of explanation or sense of why this title actually means something, has some sort of power. Um, You know, particularly at the highly selective colleges or competitive merit scholarships, there are no admissions readers who are just like, wow, I am blown away by the fact that this student is student body president. Um, mm-hmm. it's, a t- a st- it's a statistic we throw around quite a bit at CollegeWise, but we talk about there being nearly 35,000 high schools. So there's effectively 35,000 student body presidents every year. Again, not right. diminishing the title, but at the most selective colleges, the admissions officers, they are going to want to understand the why. Just being having holding that title means very little. They're going to have to like you know, um, dig in and get a sense of um, what it even meant. And Kevin, that that's actually um, brings me to this point of, you know, this idea of, of leadership qual- leadership qualities being essential, you know, in, in the admissions process. Do kids have to show leadership to get into, you know, quote unquote, good colleges? No, a- a- absolutely not. Um, especially in the way that most people perceive it to be leadership, right? right? With these formal, um, you know, it's, and I guess I should probably put an asterisk next to that when I say, no, it's not. So there is absolutely no need for any applicant to go out and secure formal leadership positions um, lest you think, well, you know, I'm going to have a weaker college application without it. Um, They need leaders, but they also need people to do lots of other things. Um, there are a lot of qualities that an app that a college takes note of when they're you know looking to fill their their class, and leadership is certainly one of them. But you can make impact in lots of ways. So um, I think impact is one of those universal traits that colleges are always looking for. So you know if while we might tell students you don't necessarily need to go out and and run for offices or or, or gain these you know these formal titles, we would say, however you choose to involve yourself in high school colleges will expect that you're going to make some kind of impact that shows this place was better with me here. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the, be- in the best version, I'm leaving a legacy when I finish, you know, when I move on from high school, you mentioned the Spanish club earlier, is the Spanish club going to miss you when you move on? And maybe it's not because you held a formal office. Maybe it was because you were just, well, you were leading from the bench, right? You were the most enthusiastic member or, um, you know, you you took on projects that other people didn't want to take on. So, um, you know, that's sort of, I want to be careful about that. When I say leadership is absolutely not important, it's not an invitation to disengage. Right. It's simply, I'm simply saying that holding offices that are designated as leadership positions, that is absolutely not a prerequisite. And again, I think we need to be clear here. If, you're, if you hold those positions right now, don't go quit. We're not telling you not to do those things. In fact, even better, you've got the opportunity now. They gave you an office where you're supposed to be doing this. Now do it. Now lead people. 
Yeah, no. And well, and again, we're not maligning folks who, who hold those titles, but I, I think about a student I worked with just, just a few years ago who went to a public suburban high school. And as a sophomore, she founded um, an LGBTQ club. And um, I was like, oh, OK, I guess she, she, this is something she's interested in. She's telling me. And, it, and for about a, a year or so, I didn't really think of digging in on why she founded it. I had some assumptions as to why she founded it. We got into a conversation and I was like, oh, so you don't necessarily identify as being any of those categories. And she's mm-hmm. like, no, I'm just tired of the language people in my school use um, in the hallways, in the locker rooms. And I think it's important oh, wow. for us to get better educated. And she built this into an organization that by the time her senior year came around, because she's she actually was like, there's no one out at my school. There's no one who identifies mm-hmm. differently. And by her senior year, there were a number of students who came up to her. Thank you for creating a space for me to be myself, which. Yeah. Wow. Like that. That's a title. But beyond the title, that is a powerful, impactful story. She just was looking to create space. And that's very different than, oh, we sit around for an hour or yeah. something of that sort. Right. Like the orders- And that's leadership. What you just described there, that yep. is absolutely, and even if it had no title, yep, it would still be leadership, yeah, for, and, and, as the colleges define it. Um, well, and so, you know, that make that, but really what it is is impact, right? And when it's impact that involves bringing other people with you, that impact now becomes leadership. So, I want to yep. be really clear about we want to honor those experiences, we want to call them leadership because the colleges will, but. If that is not your particular brand of impact, if your brand of impact is you put me in any class, that class will get better because I'm going to participate. I'm going to be eager to learn. I'm going to make other students better in that room. That's another kind of impact, even if you're not necessarily leading people. Um, One of the most pithy and I think perfect phrases about this, I know you and I are both fans of really great admissions bloggers. University of Virginia has certainly a great and open blog where they just openly give advice all the time about what they look for. One of them is about this very notion that um, leadership is not a prerequisite. And the, the best um, sentence in there was every application tells a story and that story doesn't have to be about leadership. Yep. Yep. Well, I, I think, you know, getting to this idea of impact and collaboration community, that really gets to the core of how we're, we're looking at things. Uh, you know, when I was on the admission side, you know, you mentioned the classroom experience. How powerful were those letters of recommendation? You know, he was the one who drove conversation forward. You know, he was the one who would, you know, push other students to do be more engaged in the reading and in the conversations. That's leadership. And there is no title for, you know, classroom discussion leader and things of that sort. Right. But on the admissions side, oh, yeah, that was a kid who was making an impact within his community. He was collaborating those are all wonderful traits. And, you know, we've been talking about it, Kevin. Um, you know, you had your amazing blog for um, so many years and, you know, it started off being about admissions. But I felt like for many of us in the profession, it was also, you know, life lessons. Can you share just a few thoughts on how high school students should maybe think about leadership? Just even separate. Why is why are these kinds of things valuable even beyond just the application? Because there's some box checkers mm. who are like, uh it's like, why is it valuable in life? To yeah, be, uh, just in yeah, life. Yeah. Well, if high school is ostensibly preparing you for college and college is supposed to prepare you for life, let's fast forward to life at the end of college, right? And then we, we can certainly go 
we can certainly go back, you know, to, to your high school years. But, um, y- you know, it wasn't all that long ago um, where if you were looking for a job, if you were willing to show up on time, do what you were told, not deviate from the instructions, and you could pair that with a college degree, you were going to have a pretty successful career. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking now in terms of career success. Those jobs don't exist very many places anymore. The world has changed a lot. Yep. Um, and so if if your, your sell about yourself is I'll do what I'm told and I'll be there on time and I'll keep my head down, they can find somebody else who will do it cheaper than you do um, or they can find a computer to do it for you. So, uh, you know, I think that real leadership and again, we're, we keep coming back to this, right? You don't have to be the boss at that job, right? But somebody, you put me on a team and that team is going to get better because yeah. I'm going to bring enthusiasm. I'm going to bring focus. I'll volunteer to do things that aren't getting done. And that's you know, leadership and impact, right? Um, and, and so I think that college is the opportunity for students to really develop more of that skill. Um, that if you're someone who says that, you know, well, leadership isn't my thing, well, I think then you can look at well, what what is your thing and how do you care about that and how do you make that impact um, within whatever your chosen passion is. And so for the high school students, um, I think the reason this is important is high school sort of um, produces this vantage point of you need to get the right answer. You need to check the box. You need to do what you're told. You do all these things. You're going to get into college and, you know, you just you can't get straight A's in life. At some point, you're going right. to go out somewhere where there are no right answers. No one's telling you what to do every day. You're going to have to be able to figure it out, and you're going to have to be able to do it in a way that makes other people around you say, we like having you here. This place is better. You're going to get the promotion. You're going to get this opportunity. This is the time to start learning how to do that. Yeah. And I mean, if we were to link it to even like social science uh, research, so so much of these these things that we're talking about, what great leadership looks like on the ground is the stuff that makes people happier. It's the kind of stuff that drives people to do better work and probably get promotions and then get paid as a result of it. Right. And it's almost like entirely, entirely delinked, decoupled from, you know, that particular um, title of student. So there are going to be some students, some parents out there who are hearing us speak and they're, they're saying like, gosh, you know, my, my kid just doesn't see himself as uh, a leader or she's insecure about um, the kinds of responsibilities you're talking about. Any advice for some of those folks? Well, if they're listening here, I hope you've heard the message of um, if you're not out running for office and no one is picking you to hold those positions, um, you're not at a disadvantage. Don't feel bad. Don't apologize. Don't try to be something you're not. Don't go and, and don't go fake it. Don't go say, I'm going to found this club, but we're never going to do anything. I just want to put it on the application. Um, instead, you know, I, I would say there's something. And if you're the parent talking to that student, what matters to them? And if you're the student, there's something that matters to you in high school. You have a favorite subject. You've got a mm-hmm. club you're part of. You've got a part time job. You almost certainly care about something. Chances are other people care about that, too. Yep. So if you haven't done so already, Go find those people because once you find that group who cares about the same things that you do, they don't really need to be convinced to participate with you or even to follow you someplace. Um, It's a lot easier to step up and lead them in the ways that we've talked about if they already want to go where you're trying to go. And even if you choose not to lead them anywhere, 
you'll almost certainly make a bigger impact when you say, you know, look, I didn't want to be the president of the math club, but I went out and found the people that love math as much as I, I remember Arun, you told me that story about the student you worked, was it an application you read or a student you worked with who said every lunchtime they would sit with the other students who loved math and they would work on math problem sets together that weren't part of school, but it was like, this was their yeah. thing and actual they loved student. it. They couldn't, yeah. actual, actual student, student. they couldn't yep. get enough of it, right? Yeah. Well, and it was, you were reading that out. Yeah, actual student you worked with, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's an example of, is that a leadership position? No, but when you're the student who says, look, I th this is exactly what I care about and I want to be around my people, they're going to be more enthusiastic. You're going to be happier. You're going to be more successful and you're going to probably see more opportunities to lead in a way that you'd feel comfortable with. Yeah. Well, and that same student worth noting um, created a world where as a total math nerd, and he would embrace that. I'm, I'm not maligning him by saying as a total math nerd, he persuaded the football players and the cheerleaders at his high school to help co-sponsor with the math club a pie day. And they had this huge spirit rally about math and doing math oh, problems, man. right? Come on. Welcome to our campus. Yeah, yeah MIT accepted him no no problem as did uh, you know as did Stanford, right? I mean that that was like he might not have had a title, but man, when you can get the football team and the cheerleading squads to go, yeah, we're lining up behind the math whiz at our high school to bring more yeah. excitement around math. You're doing pretty amazing. Uh, oh yeah, there's always going to be room for those people. Uh, you know, they, they can they can bring in other groups. You know, high school can be so divisive. You know, who's in and who's out, and these groups don't talk to these groups. And man, if you do anything that brings those groups together, and you're part of it, I mean, that colleges will trip over themselves for that kid. I I think back to um, a student I worked with who, by most uh, traditional measures was not really that successful in high school, mostly B's and C's, wasn't really involved in anything, was kind of a nice kid, but just was not that motivated to do other things. Um, but his favorite thing to do was he hosted poker nights every Friday. Mm -hmm. And so this is why I say, like, look at, you care about something, right? So this is the mm -hmm. conversation I had with him. This is years and years ago when I was still counseling students at CollegeWise. And I said, so tell me about this game. It's your game? Like, how long have you been doing it? And he said, oh yeah, I started doing it sophomore year. And like, so tell me about it. And, he said, well, you know, we have to set up a bunch of tables because usually lots of people come. Well, how many people are usually there? He said, oh, like like 30 to 35 usually. I said, well, you get that many people to show up at your poker game? Well, it turns out it became this thing that all different kinds of groups would come to. People he didn't usually Love hang it. out with, people yeah. that never hung out with each other. I know you and I both have this penchant for, you know, remembering great college essays. This kid's essay um, included a, a paragraph describing this poker game that said, Poker is an inclusive game. The only thing we shun at our weekly poker nights are the roles we play at high school. Jocks, drama kids, vegans, math club members, the weird kid who wears shorts in the middle of winter. If you like cards and you have 20 bucks, take a seat. You're in. That's why I want to spend some Friday nights in college playing cards in the dorm. I want to pull up a seat next to people I wouldn't normally be sitting next to. Yeah. And I point to that as that is leadership. Yep. That kid led that and said, I'm going to host poker nights. And this is what it's going to stand for, by the way. Yep. We're not exclusive. You got 20 bucks and you like playing cards? Join us. Yep. And that's a pretty great thing for a kid to do in high school. And imagine what he will do in college when people shed those roles and they're a little more inclusive than they are in high school. Right. And those stories are being... Is there a title that's going on the activity section of the Common App? No. But that story is being told in the essays, perhaps in the letters of recommendation, in the interviews. There are plenty of ways within the application 
to share those kinds of things. Like a kid oh, yeah. doesn't have to feel like, well, the title is shorthand. In fact, I would say that the minute that you lean on, hey, the title is shorthand to explain, you actually have put a certain burden on yourself to kind of explain what that title even means. Um, and again, just coming to this moment now, there are those kids who kind of stereotypically are like, well, that kid's not really a leader. But I was reading recently about a um, gamer, this high school gamer who was kind of like, uh, you know, I, I like playing video games. I don't really know how to contribute to this Black Lives Matter moment. I'm just learning about it myself. But I, apparently he's got quite a following on Twitch and makes some money. And he organized a world where on certain days, any money that he and then he got other gamers to join on, the money gets donated to Black Lives Matter. And, mm. you know, that was his way of kind of going, yeah, I'm not going to be a kid who's out there with like, protesting, you know, things of that sort. But this is a way where, as I learn more about it, I can have an impact. And you got other people to go, oh, yeah, I could do that the same way. And you might not look at it as a video gamer being someone who's, like, committed to social justice ideas, but this kid figured out a way, which I, I love that creativity. And, again, no no title, right? Just Absolutely. It's all just action and um, impact. So, Kevin, you um, – We've covered a lot here, you know, as we dug into this fundamental truth of, you know, uh, having a title is is not leadership. Any final thought that you want to kind of take us out on? Well, I think the real opportunity here for high school students is to release yourself from that pressure of I have to hold formal offices. And instead to say for any high school student, whether you're the type who wants to hold those offices or if you're on the other end of the spectrum that would never want to run for anything or you're somewhere in the middle, this all begins and ends with find things that you care about. Involve yourself in a way where you bring your unique strengths to make those things better, whatever they are. And if your brand of doing that happens to involve getting other people to follow you, then you're leading. And you should be clear about it and be proud about it and call it leadership, recognize it as leadership because the colleges will. But if your brand of making that impact does not involve other people following you, don't feel bad about it. Celebrate yeah. that because colleges don't just need leaders. They need followers too. They need all kinds, but they need impact makers. No matter what your brand is, make the impact and you'll be appreciated for it. That's perfect advice. Thank you so much, Kevin. I can't wait to read. Someday you're going to write a book on leadership and uh, I can't <laughs> wait to uh, read that myself. So so you're suggesting the idea, but you're not actually offering mm. to do any of the work, right? No, so, no. Yeah, I will yeah. get so people to read it. you're not leading me anywhere. I yeah, will you'll get a people, okay, book okay, club that's, yeah. on it. So just so you know, you will have <laughs> to do I the will. writing though. So thanks again, Kevin. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. I had a great time around. This was a lot of fun. Yes, we were talking about leadership, but in so many ways, Kevin was speaking to the essence of not only great college applicants, but great human beings. Authenticity will always come with payoffs and make an impact. Students, don't wait for elections or selections. Go out and make a difference. Your community, however you define it, it's waiting and it needs you. Thanks again for listening. As always, check out collegewise.com for the latest resources in navigating the journey to college. And next week, join us for Rapid Fire Myth Destruction.